You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Guys, am I excited? Yes, you know the answer to that one. It's another Mistakes, Mishap and Triumphs episode. I've got someone here I've known for a long time. You may not know his name, but if you're in the world of education, you would have been touched by his work in some way. I'm going to let him introduce himself and say what he does for a living. Hi, Diana, how are you? All right? Yes, good, good, good. Good. My name's David Brooks and I'm Chief Executive of RM. We're a commercial organisation that provides technology and education supplies to nurseries, schools, colleges, exam boards in the UK and increasingly internationally. Can I just ask, how long has RM been going? RM's been going almost 50 years now. So oh, 1973 we that. set up, 1973. 73, because I was born 71. And I swear we had RM machines in my primary school. I swear, that logo is distinctive, that red M, the red R yeah. and the blue red M. Yeah. I, I know I've, I said, we had those machines back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a testament to success that, you know, I remember as a primary school kid in Peckham, you know, Oliver Goldsmiths on the Peckham Road, we had RM machines. We only had one. We had to go to yeah. the computer and watch it being new. We weren't allowed to touch it. Well, I remember it being there. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't do computers anymore. We don't make our own computers anymore. But that was definitely our, our heritage and our history all those years back. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well done. So now, mistake, miss up or triumph. Because I say to people, leaders and those listening, we all visit the land of numpty. We <laughs> yes. all go there. We all get dressed as a Muppet some days and just have Muppet behaviour. And we look back and think, why did I do that? What yeah. did I think was going to happen from that course of action? What was the plan here? <laughs> so, mistake, mishap or triumph, where do you want to start? Oh, should we start with mistake? Yeah, we, we normally do, but I always ask people, in case someone wants to start at the other end, but hey, let's start with the real visit to Numpty Land. Yeah, I mean, and so I've been at RM over 25 years, so I've been there a long, long time, and the... Um, yeah, the Numpty Land example, and I like you, I've, I'm a Muppet on a regular occasion. Absolutely. The example I'll give is my first management role. So I joined RM on the technical side. I've done a computing degree and I, and I, I answered the phone to school teachers who got problems with their RM computers or RM software. And um, But then I started managing people. And when I started managing people, I took over a team of my peers. So I, I got promoted to the team leader and, and everybody else that was working alongside me became my direct report. And as a, an individual in their sort of mid to, uh, mid to early 20s, I thought this was great. And so I spent my first six months just telling everybody how brilliant I was, telling them what to do, how <laughs> <As you do. laughs> all their thoughts why I was so important did they not understand me you know who you know do you know who I am something sort of like, <laughs> exactly and I did it at work I did it in my private life as well you know I go down the pub and bore people's senses but I'm a manager now I'm not I direct <laughs> people and my team is really important to me and, and I did all this and of course I got some feedback from my own line manager probably six months in where she said to me 
stop being an umpty. You, you know, we're going to take this away from you because you really don't get it. Yeah. You are here to serve these people. You are lucky to have a team like this. She made me read the One Minute Manager. Oh, um, and I'm not, I'm not a massive fan necessarily of, 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 of those sorts of, you know, the sorts of improvement books. But this one just was brilliant. It was really quicky, easy read. And it basically said, you've got it the wrong way around. You, you're here to serve these people. You're here to manage. And yeah, and so I, I was terrible. I, was, I, I just didn't get it at all. And I had to go and eat a whole bunch of humble pie with people. And, and I sort of clung on to that job. But yeah, it was not a good start. Not a good start. Oh my God. You know, if you want to put every classic leadership mistake into one bucket and take it with you to work, it sounds yeah. like that's exactly what you did each morning. Did. Absolutely, completely. And yeah, just, and, and I, I was I was high on it. You know, I thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. I thought I was doing a brilliant job. I went home at night, slept like a baby and thought I'm doing a fantastic <laughs> job. Leaving the car crashes behind you. Like those exactly. people who drive and say, I see lots of accidents in my rear view mirror. You know, Absolutely. that's because you, <laughs> you fled the scene many times. <laughs> yeah, no, so that was the first one, definitely. Brilliant. Mishap or triumph, where next? Well, let's go to let's go to mishap. Let's do it in that order, if that's okay. A bit further on in my career, still at RM, I became a head of department, and so I looked after a set of people. By this time, I did have a good team, and I was a much better manager of people, and I had a really supportive boss. She was absolutely excellent, um, and she, you know, very clear what she wanted me to achieve. So I thought I was pretty much, you know, sorted, and I, I was looking forward to the opportunity, and I started doing the job, and the team was great, and my boss was great. But I also had a bunch of other heads of department that I had to work with. And I'm a very competitive person and I saw them as the competition. So as far as I was concerned, these heads of departments were all losers. I was the winner. I was going to beat them. And so I would do everything in my power to make them look useless and make me and my team look brilliant. Oh. And I did that, you know, and and some of them, I had a real mix of colleagues as my peers. Some of them were similar age to me, but some of them were much more experienced, capable people who had much more experience than me, but they didn't necessarily have my drive or my, my ambition, but I treated them terribly. And again, my boss had to sit me down and say, this is not working, David. And I was delivering great results. You know, my team were doing brilliantly and I thought we were supercharged, but actually yes. I was just annoying everybody at my peer level. And that wasn't helping because I needed, they needed me and I needed them to succeed. Yes. So that was a real lesson for me. Wow. <laughs> I'm just sat here speechless because again, put all the leadership mistakes into a bucket and take it to work. Like it, it yes. isn't, but you know what it reminds me of in school sometimes as a head teacher and senior leader, but also as a teacher, I remember and a head of science when I was a teacher, yep. being very clear that the science department was the most important department in the school. And I was a yes. scientist and therefore I was part of this importance. So, you know, I puffed up my chest and we were going to crush Spanish. I'm going to crush <laughs> French. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to annihilate ICT. And I remember this meeting and we all like come up, yeah, we are, yeah, <laughs> like a set of little Vikings or something. We're going to crush our staff. <laughs> it's only now, at the time, I was absolutely on board with crushing yes. every department. And when our A to C, it was A to C's back then. When our A to C's came out, and triple size was like this, and double size. And we teach the whole school, we're everything, and <laughs> and literally, every, I mean, every school leader will know this scenario. You're in the hall, 
it's the first day back after the holidays and they read out the results and start congratulating staff and you know give out the GCSE results to staff and just to have that collective time and when they read out the science like, we all stood up and cheered and did a Mexican wave you know it was cringeworthy yeah, terrible but we were there we were yes we've won we've won but we won <laughs> I look back now in absolute I'm ashamed you know but it, it was that it was a competition between yes. colleagues who were yes. supposed to be collaborating Correct. we had no idea of collaboration as a powerful thing between teams yeah it was well you can borrow this worksheet but you're only gonna have this bit you can't have the second one you know, yes. that kind of thing sabotaging yeah, sabotaging exactly the same. other departments, but not being open about it. I mean, gosh, we were terrible. <laughs> Just look back now. I don't know how the kids passed. I, really don't. <laughs> I don't know how they passed French because we were determined to sabotage French. Gunning for French. <laughs> we were gunning for French. And if the kids said, I'm going to French revision class. No, you're not. You're coming to science. And we'd drag them <laughs> off. You know, stuff like Oh, I'm actually feeling hot now, just with embarrassment. Come on, tell us about a triumph, a time when you smashed it, knocked it out of the park. Yeah, so, I mean, the example I'd use here is when I took over as chief executive, we'd had a number of years of not serving our customers well enough. So we'd got a lot of loyal customers, but we hadn't served our customers well enough. And, and I felt as though we weren't listening to our customers enough. And as a leader, it's all very easy to come in and say that. But because I'd been doing customer facing roles all, all my career at RM, I wanted to make sure that we really did have customer at the, the heart of things. So I made a commitment that in my first year, I would go and see a school every single week. So I'd go and do 50 visits in my first year. And in fact, in that first year, I did over 50. I did sort of 57 visits to different schools. And I made and I enjoyed it so much and learned so much that I made it part of my routine the whole time I've been chief executive. I've gone and seen a customer every single week. And the reason I say that's a triumph is because, A, I've really enjoyed it. So it's been a part of the week that I've looked forward to getting up in the morning and going to see it. Uh, B, I've learned a massive amount from it. And C, it's something that in the organization, everybody knows about and everybody will say, well, you can't not have an, a customer view on life when you go into a meeting with David because he will have been into a customer that week and will know exactly what's going on. And therefore, you better make sure you do as well. And I think that as a leader, it's that whole thing of if you're not prepared to do it yourself, then don't expect anybody else to, to do it. And of course, some of the customer meetings will be going to see customers that aren't very happy with us and, 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 and you know, and facing up to that. Some of them are going to see customers who are actually delighted with us. Um, some of them are, are, are customers who haven't bought for us for a long time and, and you know, and, and, and trying to persuade them to do it again sort of thing. So it's a real mixture. But yeah. that one thing alone, is, I think, has made a real difference to how I've done my job and how I've been seen by people in my organisation as, as doing my job. Yeah. So I say, I mean, I teach leaders, and I say to them, listen, you are the reason why you're not paid the salary of an NQT or someone who's just come into the profession. There's a part of your salary that rewards you for relationship building. Yeah, that's that's part of that premium that you get in the bank, which means that you get paid a leadership salary. You're on the leadership scale is that you are paid that you can make a relationship with a rock. You know, you yeah. you really are good at building, maintaining and growing relationships. So if you're the what you see is what you get kind of person, you're going to have to change that. 
you know, yeah. there's going to be a bit more to you than what I can see, right? Yeah. You, you know, if you feel the tape measure, tape measure, find me kind of person, you have to change that as well. You know, <laughs> you got to be adaptable and ready to make relationships with people who bought for you just now, who haven't bought for yeah. a long time, whatever your customer base is. And it's that you say to staff, yes, these kids get on your nerves. I like inset day because there's no children there on inset day. <laughs> and I'm the head teacher and I can admit this. But you know, I will try to make relationship with any young person that I can. Yeah. Because whether it's that hello in the morning or that reading group, I want, whatever it is, you don't know the power of relationship in someone else's life. You no, know, agreed. professional no. one or a personal one. So absolutely. Can you imagine if all CEOs did what you did? visited their customer every week someone i mean you'd yeah. be waiting for richard branson to turn up wouldn't you because i yeah, bought a well, virgin really, plane yeah. ticket you know <laughs> and i bought one every year for years now so where's my visit <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's been i mean and and, and it's a selfish thing as well actually because i've really enjoyed it and and i've learned so much from it so it does make me do my job better which again is is reasonably selfish thing i'm 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 happier when i know i'm going to go and see a customer each week and in fact i found covid really quite difficult because i can't do it in the same way yeah. and understandably a lot of customers don't want to spend time on on teams or or mm -hmm. zoom calls talking to me because they've got other things on them you know as their priorities right now as we go through this crisis so i've really missed that interaction yeah. of going in to see school leaders and, and talk to them about what they're doing and how they're doing it we're social creatures, aren't we, David? Oh, yes. Yeah, relationships, everything. It's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to whatever comes next in your leadership journey. So we'll get you back on in a year or so's time and say, what's up, Dave? How's it going? Great, Anyone visits the land of Numpty, tell us all about them. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, I want to say thanks very much to my guest, David Brooks, the CEO of RM Machines. It's been a pleasure, sir. Thanks very much. Thanks, Diana. Cheers. Take care. You have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, your host, Diana Rezaghi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website, courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.